welcome. This is the People vs. POTUS podcast asking the question, who really deserves to be on Mount Rushmore? And answering it by surveying American presidents from George Washington to Donald Trump. I'm your host, Jamie Plunkett. I'm Colin McGraney. I'm Arthur Stewart. Today's episode is The People vs. George Washington. And here is a 45-second biography. Go! George Washington was born February 22, 1732 at Bridges Creek, Westmoreland County, West Virginia, British America, uh, to a well-to-do family. He was a surveyor, which means he measured land and said, this is your land and this is your land, and did from the, from it officially. And he was you have 25 seconds okay. left. Uh, he came to prominence during the French and Indian Wars, uh, where he had some successes, he had some failures, kind of ended up neutral. Um, he kind of started the war, too. So. Well, okay, that's not part of my bio. bio. <laughs> uh, he became uh, commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. He was our first president. Five, uh, and four, He died three, in 1799 two, at the age one, of 67. Okay. 45 seconds goes fast. I'm really glad you explained surveying and not like the Surveying! Well, if you don't know what you got to, You got he to. He, he was the first the... president with... Seven seconds left in the 45 Well, seconds. he's not the guy standing in the mall with the little clipboard. He's not that kind of surveyor, you know? I had to explain that. He, he didn't work for family. That was the most important thing. It You're was right. the most important thing to cover in the bio. This week, um, Colin learned what a surveyor was. Yay! I love surveying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so, all right, we're talking things. about how great Washington was as a president, that he deserves to be up. On Mount Rushmore, well, he, uh, as he, he currently is. Be. Yes. Um, and so, like, my first point is, uh, so uh, he's the first president, so he gets to set all these precedents. Precedents. He sets lots of precedents. <laughs> I actually I say that a lot, unfortunately. But the first thing he was he did is he took on the title of Mister President, which today we think of, oh, that's a really high and mighty and awesome title, and and but at the time it. It really just meant the person who presides at meetings. And what's your opinion of a person who presides at a meeting? Are they a big, powerful, strong person? No, it's they're they're the ones who keep you on time. They're like you a know? moderator. They're a moderator. Yeah. And he he chose that name. Uh, he was offered the title of Excellency um, and Lord, and he goes, "No, I'm going to go with Mr. President uh, because I'm not going to be a dictator." He he actively went away from that uh he tolerated opposition this idea that he uh he was very pro republican not republican party but the idea of a republic ideals so he was uh tolerant of opposition uh he actively avoided any kind of trappings of like the european courts that existed his pants were not fancy. His pants were not fancy. He avoided the fancy pants. Uh, he was actually not an official member of any political party. He did lean one way, but he never joined any party. Because then they that party basically say, uh, made it so no party could say that, well, Washington's in our party and therefore we're in charge. He, he denied them that ability. Yeah, but the dude was like a raging federalist. He was. I mean, he's the president. He's the... <laughs> The head of the federal government, he's kind of got to be a federalist, but fair point. But he didn't. He didn't step in and say, "Well, the Federalist Party is my party." He didn't do that. Yeah. Um, do we really think, though, that if he had the the party that he joined to say the Federalist Party, do we think that they really would have been able to use him as leverage to 
like maintain the presidency into they perpetuity. They did after he died. Yeah, That's it fair. became Washington's party. Well, and there's still signs in Virginia that are like George Washington slept here, and he's been dead for 270 yeah, years. Yeah, he, he was the mm. father. Uh, he was considered the father of the nation in his lifetime. That wasn't something we made up afterwards. Oh, fun fact by the way, my high school history teacher always brought up the fact that George Washington was probably sterile. So while he was the father of our nation, he, <laughs> he was wasn't not the, the father, father of, of anyone else. The, uh, uh, the the one last thing I want to talk about is being offered the opportunity to be dictator and he wasn't is actually the whiskey rebellion this was a rebellion over uh, taxation of distilled liquor of whiskey um and people were upset about it and people were saying oh this is this is just uh, as bad as the british all over again but it wasn't because it was their elected representatives and we can go into the nuances of the revolution but we're not um they had representation they had representation they just didn't like the outcome which you're welcome to do. You're welcome to not like it. You just can't openly rebel because of it. Now, the way Washington dealt with it, though, is he said, all right, come to court. We will hear you in court. And if if it's, you know, if the rule of law is on your side, then you win. And the re- rebels responded with, no, and pitchforks and torches and muskets. And, uh, and so he sent in the militia, and there was actually no fighting. He just kind of scared them off. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's not the action of, you don't invite your dissenters into court and say, Hey, let's do this fair. If you're a dictator, he's very anti-dictator. I've been listening to a Roman Emperor's podcast. It's called Totalis Rankium. It's amazing. Um, and they're like cousins, but, uh, to us because of the whole British American thing. Uh, and emperors just murdered the heck out of people in creative and weird ways. And that's why but Washington was against that. Never mind. But Washington was not that. Yeah, on. but with the idea that he could have been. Like, you know, at the examples at the time, he had kings and dictators, and he wasn't one of them. True. Jamie, are you still awake, man? I am. I'm over here. I'm hanging on. Uh, <laughs> I'm hanging on for dear life. So, you know, I'm this, so riveting. This is a, you are. You are brilliant. <laughs> uh, and I liked what you had to say. But, you know, I think that, you know, the way that I learn is through uh, games, through playing. Uh, and so <laughs> I have got a game for us to play uh, that I think will will be um, will be pretty fun for you all. All right, so the first person to get to three wins three. this game. All right. all right, so Colin Arthur, you are going to be telling me um, whether or not these legends about George Washington are true or if they're actually myth. Okay. Are you ready? All right. I'm just going to flat out predict right now all of it's true. Okay, so first of all... Um, <laughs> Done. You've lost the game. So, no, here we go. All right, so the first uh, legend that we all know about George Washington is this famous um, story about him chopping down a cherry tree, uh, and afterwards he was questioned about it by his father, I believe, and he he looks at his father and says, I cannot tell a lie, and then he admits to chopping down this cherry tree. And that's when he got the name Honest Abe. That's when he got the name (laughs) Honest Abe. You're absolutely right. So, um... Do you believe the story of George Washington cutting down a cherry tree to be true or to be actually a legend? And Arthur, you're going to get the first guess. I'm going to go with legend. It sounds like a good moral to instill in children as they're young and being like, well, the founder of our country once admitted to chopping down something. Excellent. All right, Colin, what do you, you think? You should, too, admit to that. Um, I'm... In, in, my, in the course of my research, I, I would say it, it was... Fairly, tr- I mean, it was fictionalized to to fit into children's story, but like based 
on an actual event. Were cherries east of the Mississippi? I thought cherries. Were, uh, cherries. Yeah, they. they I, that was an attempt at a joke, but it failed. I'm sorry. It did fall flat. <laughs> yeah. It did fall flat. So Arthur, you think that it was a legend, and you say go, that there's go, some potential yeah, truth to it. All right. Well, the answer is. Uh, it is a myth. Oh. The story of George Washington chopping down a cherry tree and then telling the truth about it probably didn't actually happen um, because the story was written by Mason Weems long after Washington had died. It was a book about Washington's life. Um, and it is very possible, yeah. though, Weems does say, it is very possible that George Washington was an honest young boy. And if it actually happened, it would have been where he lived at Ferry Farm because there were cherry trees there. But because of the distance between the potential act actually happening, and the first time we see it written, uh, it is likely a legend. Yeah. So, one to nothing, Arthur oh. currently leads. The next legend or truth, did George Washington actually ever have wooden teeth? Colin, you get to go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with, <laughs> because of the gruesomeness of, of medicine at the time, I'm going to go with no, and that there were... They were going to be human, real teeth. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to go with no, because I think I heard once they were made of, like, ivory, which makes me just think at one point he raided a uh, piano. <laughs> I started gnawing on it. <laughs> Guys, listen, when I, when I, when I eat something uh, cold, I can play chopsticks. You know? <laughs> Why do you go to the most offensive piece of music that can be played on a piano? Uh, the most offensive piece of music that can be played on a piano is Heart and Soul. But, but I Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, the answer is myth. You are both correct. Yay! Congratulations. It is now two to one, two to one. Arthur. Right. Um, if you go to Mount Vernon, uh, you can see a set of his false teeth on Why? display they at the, the Education Center. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, but he did have several pairs of false, false teeth during his lifetime, uh, but none of them were made from wood oh all right this is potentially the last true the myth or myth or truth if arthur gets it correct um and so we're going to go with this this one right here all right george washington wore a wig is this true or is this a legend? And Colin, since you are I'm behind, behind, I'm behind the, yeah, uh, you right. get to go first. Uh, based on the face you just made, I don't feel like you are fairly confident in whatever I'm answer not. you get. Do you get. mean he wore I'm a wig as president or like ever? Uh, ever. And he's okay. like, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... No. So it's, it's that, not true, so hair. it's a legend. That's his... Okay. I would say that's his real hair. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with that. Arthur? No two-phase. Do you, do you have a fourth one in case I, I get do. this wrong? I do. I do have a okay, fourth one. Okay, then I'm going to go for true. Okay. He yep. wore a wig at some point for some reason. Okay, well, according to Kenmore.org backslash education backslash kid stuff backslash legends, <laughs> which is where I'm pulling all of these all of these uh, fun bits. George Washington was not known to wear a wig, oh. even though they were popular during his time. Kenmore. He often tied his hair in a queue, which we know is a ponytail, and he frequently powdered his own hair, which was a fashion statement back then. Oh. Many wig curlers have been found uh, in the digs at Ferry Farm where he was raised, um, but these probably belonged to his mother or his sister. It's not so, stealing, stealing their beauty. Not stealing products. mom's wig. Can't say the same. Can't say the same thing for Colin. Good morning, Baltimore. Absolutely. So uh, the score is now tied at two to two, which means whoever gets this right 
um, wins, or you might just tie if you both get it right, <laughs> or you might just get it wrong, or tie if you both get it wrong because I'm out of things after this. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so this this last um, this last uh, question that I have, you got to tell me whether or not this is true or if it is actually a legend about George Washington. Uh, if you both get it right, you tie. If you both get it wrong, you tie. That's just the way that this is going right. to go today. Tiebreaker. All right. So kind of. uh, George, the myth <laughs> is George Washington threw a silver dollar across the Potomac River. I'm going to go with myth. You're going to go with myth? Yeah. Colin, what about you? Just a splitter. No. I can't say yes. No, it's not. It's a myth. It's a myth. Okay. Well, we can't answer yeah. the same. So, okay, no, I have no, to do no, the opposite. No, 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 I have to do I'm, the opposite. You said you, it's I, a myth. I mean, you can, you can a- absolutely answer the same if you're okay with tying. I think I have one more if we want I to do a tie. second tiebreaker after tie. this. No. We'll do a second tiebreaker after this. It's okay, fine. Okay, so then I'm going to say myth. Well, then myth. It's so, myth. wait, you said true? I said Arthur? Myth. I said, said myth. myth. So you both say myth. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this is myth, but not for the reason that you think. <laughs> okay. It was actually a quarter with his own picture on it. <laughs> Funny. Really? It's like the inception of coin tossing. <laughs> no. Uh, it is, you know, you think about this and you're like, there's no way someone could throw something across the Potomac River. That's neither here nor there because silver dollars as we know them didn't exist oh. in George Washington's Ooh. time. So, it is absolutely a myth. You both got it right, and you both sit now at three. So, tiebreaker. Um, and we're going to do this tiebreaker a little bit differently. I'm going to pick one of you. If you get it right, you get the point, and you win. If you get it wrong, the other person gets the point, All right. okay. and you lose. That's fair. So, no uh, I'm blindly going to choose Arthur to answer this question. I won the coin toss backstage. Yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> George, we all know Ferry Farm mm-hmm. as being this place where George Washington was raised. Sure. You, uh, Colin the, mentioned that. Colin mentioned it earlier. They had cherry trees mm-hmm. and slaves. Yep. They had all of those things. Um, the myth is that George Washington was born there. Mm. Is this true or is this just a myth? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with Myth. You are correct, and oh, you are the winner of our Legend or Truth George Washington game. Uh, according to Kenmore.org, George was born, he says George was born, not President Washington. George was born George. in 1732 at a plantation in Westmoreland County, Virginia. That has been in the Washington family since 1657. Yeah, it is now called the George Washington Birthplace National Monument. You would have known that if you paid attention to the 45-second uh, bio. <laughs> That's how I got it? Right. That's All right. how I got it? All right. All right, and that is the end of my game. Woo-hoo. So, right. Colin, do you want to keep going with point number two yeah, right. about so why got, George was important? I got another reason why <laughs> why George, so familiar, dear George, was so important. Why he deserves to be up <clears throat> as he is on Mount Rushmore is it, it seems really weird. It's it's the way he went away, the way he said farewell to the visitation, the way he resigned it. Um, he said to Congress, "Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> how about that? How about that?" Uh, Kings don't resign unless they're forced to. Um, dictators don't resign. But people in power at, at this time don't resign until they're forced out. And he said, I'm the first president. I want to ensure the not just what I want and not just what's good for right now, but what's going to be good for the future and forever for this country that's going to last and last and last. And so he wanted to set a, a precedent of a smooth transition of power from a unanimously 
uh, elected president to the next person. Mm. And so he uh, sets the precedent of the president. It's really unheard of for someone to, uh, a leader of a populist rebellion who threw off the shackles of empire and now he's just going to step down and hand over. At this point, everyone's pretty much aware that Thomas Jefferson's really, really powerful and uh, um, they don't agree. And he's stepping down to ensure that a, a tradition uh, or there's at least some precedent of when you're done, you're done, you just walk away. Well, yeah, and Washington's, I, I mean, transition to Adams. And I think we'll see it through the next few episodes, too. Part of the peaceful transition of power made us look weak to countries that didn't understand that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they picked on little baby America. Uh, it's not part. knowing how to yeah, be a country. Your, your great general has decided to abscond and you're now with this he's just gonna totally go, Massachusetts man. He's just going to go sip whiskey under trees in, in Mount Not Burn. tell lies. Yeah, but he was at Cincinnati. Go become leader yeah. until you're not. So. Absolutely. And so it, it sets this, this precedent of this is a, a, a job of, of service, not of grabbing power. Mm-hmm. And it, we don't, it doesn't last forever. No. Some presidents take it more seriously than others. Um, <clears throat> but the idea that the first guy takes it so seriously that he would walk away mm-hmm. from, he would, I mean, this is looking back at history and trying to rewrite it, but he would probably be unanimously reelected or at least really close to unanimously reelected until he died. Well, and, that's, and it sets the Washingtonian standard. Yeah. I mean, it's it's two terms until World War Two, and yeah. that's kind of extreme, you know. But everybody says, "I will only do two terms if they're lucky enough." Do you, do you think that we eventually get to the point where we are though, where there is a two-term limit, even if Washington decides to break that? Because no matter yeah. who, no matter who ends up following Washington. I think people would have acquiesced a little bit more to Washington continuing to be president because of the things that he did versus some schmo like 25 years down the road. Yeah, some James Monroe. Right? (laughs) So what I'm saying is I I think people would have been a little more, you know, okay with the idea of 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 Washington Washington continuing to be president versus someone else and then saying maybe we need to, to draw up some limits here to this power. I don't know. Well, I mean, Constitutional Convention wanted to limit, uh, I mean, they talked about introducing term limits constitutionally on the President and on the Senate and on the House. They just never got around to it. Well, you look at like a parliamentary system, though, is there's no term limit. You're, you're in power as long as you're in power. Mm-hmm. And without Washington stepping down, I'm not, I don't think that they would put, they would probably just leave it out, oh, you're in power as long as you're in power. Mm-hmm. Until we overthrow you. Until well, until you're until elected the out, dissolves. or until you yeah. die, until the government dissolves, or you die. Um, and so I don't think we would have uh, term limits, and certainly not. I mean, we only had the term limits were actually imposed only what 70, 80? I think it was during Eisenhower's administration. It was finally so yeah, fifties. Okay, so so pretty yeah. much everyone up to Eisenhower then willingly stepped away willingly, after two terms. Well, well except I, for FDR. Sure, sure, well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, three and some change. Yeah, yeah I mean, come on. Yeah. <clears throat> but he tried. Yeah. He, he made it all well, the way. Through. And I think Washington led it to the, the it's like, it's a, it, he, he got the experiment off to a good start. Yeah. And he knew he was doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and Washington was the first president of the United States. So it's time for our second game, which I'm calling infamous firsts. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. You will be asked questions and uh, 
probably need to answer. We'll, we'll do best of however many I feel like or until I get bored. Okay. Sounds right. good. I've, I've written these specifically for you guys. So, Jamie, in sports. Uh, All right. In 1988, <laughs> Yankees pitcher Tommy John became the only pitcher ever to do what? Well, not have the surgery named Tommy John surgery. Okay. That was a joke that sports people will get if any of them listen They're to this totally podcast. They're totally listening ever. to an American History podcast. Yes. So. That's good. I'm playing to my audience right now. I like it. First pitcher at 1988. 1988. First pitcher to ever do this thing. And it's infamous. It's not a, infamous. It's not a good thing. Intentionally hit a batter? I don't know. Oh, no. Come on. Hit Bob Gibson was playing. Hit That's fair. With a baseball. Um, <laughs> you're closer. It was a commit three errors on a single play. Oh, my word. <laughs> and that's why they named a devastating injury after him. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. Uh, Colin, okay. in okay. science, uh, of okay. all the people who have walked on the moon, James Irwin was the first of them to do what? Wrestle an alligator. On the moon. <laughs> Steve alligator. Irwin, sorry. Uh, was he the first one to try to play golf? He was the first one to die. Okay. After after coming back. Okay. He might have, uh, I could have been more clear. These These questions are... This 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 game should be called Obscure Facts. Obscure Arthur. Facts. Ooh, <laughs> that's my game from now on. Obscure right. Facts with right. Arthur Stewart. Uh, Jamie, in history, Clement VII and Benedict XIII uh, were the most famous what's of the Avignon Papacy. And I'll, I'll give you a hint on this. Not popes, but... Bishops. <laughs> try try to go into... Com- what's the opposite of a pope? An, uh, an emperor, or a king, or a queen. Sorry, the answer is anti-pope. They were anti-popes. Because they... (laughs) (laughs) This is a ridiculous game. I liked my game more. I liked my game so much more. We'll get better. We'll get better. Colin Music. Uh, Curb is the first album from what Canadian supergroup that no one likes because they're infamous? Curbs? Curb. 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 Canadian supergroup? Mm-hmm. Jamie, you can you can go for a steal. Is Nickelback? The Nickelback answer? is correct. That's a supergroup. I didn't. First of all, I didn't don't acknowledge them as a supergroup. Second of all, didn't know they were Canadian, but it explains so much. Well, no, you didn't. You didn't see my. What do you have against Canadians? A yeah. lot. A. Not not as much lately. Um, Thank right. you, Trudeau. Uh, I am just going to do a free play on this one. All right. uh, seven churches are named in the Book of Revelation, the most infamous book of the New Testament. All right. Name uh, the first one that. Uh, John of Patmos addresses. Uh, Jerusalem. No. <laughs> Ephesus. Oh. Colin, science. Uh, Junonium, Cosmium, and Victorium are three of the more well-known fakes that did not make it onto what scientific thing? The periodic table of elements. That is correct. Yay, I got a point. I, I Woo! You, I oh. you to get better. <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. Jamie, movies. Sandra Bullock is the first actress to win uh, on consecutive nights... Um, an Oscar for her performance in The Blind Side, and the night previously she won the anti-Oscar for All About Steve. What is the anti-Oscar called? Colin, go for it, man. It's the, is it a Razzie? It's a Razzie. Right. She showed up pulling a wagon full of DVDs of All About Steve <laughs> to give to everyone as a commemorative gift. I have never heard never of heard the Razzies? Razzies. Oh, it's great. Oh, when, like... Most so we're coming up on that, then. Yeah. Uh, so do we, do we get to have a Razzies watch party, then? I hope so. Uh, all right, Colin. Is that Julius how they work? and Ethel Rosenberg were the first civilians to what? Uh... 
be executed as spies? Yes! Hey! Nice. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm getting thumped it's over three here. Three to one. Jamie, in sports, the Denver Broncos are the first team to have lost how many Super Bowls? They hold the record. Oh, <laughs> that's a hard. That's, you gotta come up with a number. What you do man. is it? Gosh, it's so the the Bills lost three. Mm-hmm. So is it four or is it five? I'm gonna go with five. Five is correct. Yes, gets the point. Good job. Uh, I just have a couple more. I promise. <clears throat> <laughs> Colin, uh, before he was known for making toys and delivering them all over the world to good boys and girls, Saint Nicholas was the first person to do what at the Council of Nicaea? Church history! Man, that was a while ago. <laughs> punch someone. Punch, someone in the face. Pun- punch a heretic, yes. Uh, Arius, Arius was making him really mad, and he ended up going to jail, not for assault, but because he punched someone in front of the emperor, and that was illegal. That's um, magnificent. And you know what? I'm just going to throw this one out there for you. Right. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to give you three points on this because you're following at home. Colin has four, Jamie has two. <gasps> Uh, Jamie, Charles Rocket was the first cast member of Saturday Night Live to do what? He just died. Not die? No, we, no. Already, <laughs> we already did Actually, die. And he, he might have been one of the close to the first ones. He is dead, but that's not the... Uh, to the not be there. white. Mm, Garrett Morris. Uh, to give the finger live on television. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. Uh, <laughs> it was... With no hints. He said the F word, yeah. And about the next season, everybody on the cast was fired. It's amazing. Oh. So, Jamie, because my rules were arbitrary, as was my trivia, Yay. Uh, you win. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I am 1-0. Arthur is 1-0. Oh. Colin, you're 0-2, oh, buddy. You're 0-2. You're we'll, we'll, have that, uh, we'll have that scoreboard, the game's standings, <laughs> up on peopleversuspotus.com. It's just going to be a big zero with Michael. Well, now, no. now we got to yeah. stack the games to make sure Colin, Colin never wins. Zero Colin. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so... Back to George Washington. Yeah, let's cover, actually, uh, welcome to People vs. POTUS. We're actually talking about George Washington today. <laughs> um, if you're just tuning in. If you're just tuning in. So, I don't know uh, why someone would open up a podcast and then immediately go to, like, the 25-minute mark. You don't but... know. We're not judging, you know? Fair. I'm judging. That is a bad thing to do. Rewind this. You missed 24 really Rewind, good minutes yes. of podcast. Um, on tape. So, okay, so the, the, the last... What, Last thing I want to talk about is, it, I, I've been talking about it the whole time, but it's, I also want to just kind of put an emphasis on it. He shaped what it meant to be president. And just a few things that he did, uh, just add on to the things he's already done, is just uh, Congress wanted to pay him the equivalency of $340,000 a year, uh, which compared to now it's four hundred. dollars Or did yeah. it bump up to five? dollars $400,000. They wanted to pay him the equivalency of that. And initially he turned it down, said, no, this is, a, this is a service role, I don't want to do it. But then he said, but I can't set a precedent of that. Because then if, I, if you don't pay the president, then only wealthy, independently wealthy people can be president. And he didn't want to set that precedent. Mm-hmm. And so he accepted the money. Um, president still has to pay for all of his stuff, though. Yeah. Like, you know. um, uh, he uh, started uh, giving states the union to Congress, which we still do. Uh, he formed a cabinet form of government instead of, I don't know, another form of government uh, <clears throat> to, to run the departments, independent, independent departments that they would all report to the president and the president would make decisions on what to do. And then everyone follows this, mm-hmm. follows this organization style, follows all these traditions that he sets for 
they're not required to. There's, there's, uh, he chooses to do it this way to set for the future. He's got some long vision through this uh, whole experiment that he's going through of setting out what is president. All right. He defined the genre. We're talking about should he, is he counted among a great president? And this is the guy who defined the genre literally. So. I've never considered the presidency to be a genre before. Yeah, it's like noir. Uh. <laughs> John Adams walked into my office with legs that wouldn't quit. <laughs> he said, help me, Mr. President. Uh, there's been a murder. Now he's solving crimes. <laughs> he also set that precedent. Well, he was, you know, six foot seven, made of radiation. He'll save the children. You said you weren't going to mention that. The, yeah, he, he I did didn't, it anyways. In the previous one, we didn't end up putting up. So what's up? He'll save the children, but not the British children. Wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we come to the point of ranking. I, I do want to note, uh, getting through this, we are thankful. We're, we're, we're a derivative. Um, we're thankful for the Rex Factor podcast because they, they're marvelous. If you don't listen to them, uh, you should. Yeah. They did all of the kings and queens of England, and now they're doing the kings and queens of Scotland. They go through and actually rank based on a variety of factors. We are also, uh, but it's different. And it's okay. Graham and Allie said, we won't sue. So Yeah, they were great. They yeah. were great. Uh, so if you haven't listened to The Rex Factor, it is another podcast that is available on out. iTunes. You should check it out. I know that Arthur and Colin have both listened to <clears throat> uh, more than once. all of them more than once <laughs> and are now on the Scottish uh, uh, rulers. Yeah. I've just started The British Rulers, and it's amazing. It's, it really makes my commute a little bit funnier in the morning. Yes. I'm, I'm still just great. furious over what <clears throat> happened with Charles II, um, but... But this point. isn't this isn't this a is meta not, podcast about their podcast, so we can no, have that conversation not, offline. No, so scoring, scoring, our scoring works <clears> out <throat> as such. We are going to, on a ten point scale, rank George Washington on a judicial review. That is how he interacted with the judiciary. Colin has this information. Executive orders, uh, how he acted as an executive, or the executive branch functioned. And uh, legislative agenda, which is how he interacted with the legislature, Congress. Yeah, so we got the three the three branches of government represented. Yeah. Civil service is then uh, based on if they were in the House of Representatives or Senate or uh, we're going to say higher up, governor, department head, what have you. Military or judiciary experience. <clears throat> there's a certain amount of points which we will talk about as we get to it, and then. Based on uh, length of term, 96 months is a Washingtonian ideal. That will give them a perfect 30. We'll walk you through this as we do it. So let's go through and talk about our scores. Um, we'll start with judicial review. Uh, judicial review. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, so, Colin, do you want to give us a few points about Washington's interaction with the judiciary? Okay, so his major interaction with the judici- judiciary is appointing the judiciary. Um, in his... In his uh, Two terms in office, he appoints ten different people to the Supreme Court, and I, I didn't I didn't put it down in my notes, but lots more to the, the circuit courts, mm-hmm. hmm. and because he, you, when you start, you have nobody on there, and somebody appoints them, it's the president who appoints them, and so he appoints person after person after person uh, to a <clears throat> six seat uh, Supreme Court. He appoints 10 people because they keep resigning or dying. Actually, I didn't look it up that close. Uh, but they keep not being there anymore. And so he has to appoint person after person after person. So he appoints 10. Like now, a president's, you know, considered, oh, really powerful if they can appoint 
two or three, and he appointed ten. Well, but there also weren't other people that well, were waiting I understand for him that. to but die. Still, that, so I have a question, though. would have been cool, but... So he did, he did this whole big thing about never, you know, officially joining a political party. Yeah. Did he appoint people across the spectrum? Do we know that? Or did he just appoint all of his Federalist buddies? The, the, the political system that we know today wasn't established... Yeah, they're, they're, right. they're definitely the figuring so out the independent judiciary. Yeah, yeah, and so it was uh, lots of people of note. Uh, a bunch of people turned him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Supreme Court was not prestigious at all. I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, they didn't have a place of their own. They met uh, like in just like in rooms. Hey, and, hey uh, guys, my mom said we can use our basement for this hearing. I like a good ottoman. Okay, so, the, so but on the downside... The stuff that they did wasn't that great. The the, the judiciary under him, the people he appointed. The the first case uh, that they ever heard was West v. Barnes, and uh, in that was ended up being overturned. Uh, it was a procedural ruling about how do you appeal to the court, and they said, well, it's got to be this way, and you can't you can't come here because you weren't here fast enough, and. And then in 92, a couple years, I think a year later, they said, uh, uh, I think it was Congress said, well, you can actually appeal. You don't have to appeal directly to the Supreme Court. You can go to your local courts and it's faster. But they're figuring out the order on that. Yeah, but the first thing ended up being overruled. Yeah. And the the, the only big case was uh, Chisholm v. Georgia. Yeah. And that was overturned by uh, a congressional amendment, the 11th Amendment, was specifically created to overturn what happened at Supreme Court ruling. Uh, Chisholm v. Georgia was uh, a suit. Somebody in a state bordering Georgia, I don't remember what state, was suing Georgia. Mm. So a citizen of a different state. Was it a guy named Chisholm? Named Chisholm. Oh. Uh, was suing the state of Georgia, but he wasn't a resident of Georgia. Uh, and So um, he went on vacation and then tripped on the sidewalk? Uh, it was something to do with uh, he got money. He, he believed he believed he was owed money. He got lost in Atlanta because that's the only reason why Atlanta is big. It's impossible <laughs> people, to get around in there. And people just go. We live here now. <laughs> so the the court said, "Well, uh, of course you can do that." And then the Eleventh Amendment came along and said, "Well, no, because then people will just be suing states all the time for everything they don't like about like oh, every, you know, Texans starting suing the state of Oklahoma because it's they, Oklahoma, they think it's yeah. they think it's." You know, I don't know. They don't like the toll roads. I don't know. They're not citizens there. They don't get to vote there. They, you know, that's not how. Uh, it's not how it works. Yeah. So it's also a matter of figuring out how states. Yeah, how they out. interact mm-hmm. with each other. But anyways, it gets overturned. So, yes, he he appoints a bunch of judges, but all of their court cases. I mean, that was the big court case, and it ends up instigating a constitutional amendment. <laughs> that's actually kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Not but lie. it was on the downside. They 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 got overruled. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it does. All right, so, so judicial. We'll uh, each rank out of ten. Yeah. Uh, and I'll we'll, go last because I presented it. Okay, so I'll go first since I'm the one that came into this knowing the least amount about it. And just for everybody listening, we are doing that intentionally where one of us kind of takes lead every time, one of us has done a little bit of research, and then the other one commits to doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> would, would you have guessed which one of us was the one who committed to nothing based on how... Okay, so Jamie, out of 10, what uh, what do you rank the Judicial Review of Washington? Ba- just because, I and mean, for no other reason than he is the one who really gets it off the ground just by appointing so many people to it. 
but things things are getting overturned that I think he he felt he would have appreciated them not being overturned. I would say I'll give him an eight. An eight from Jamie. I'm going to go for, you know what, I'm going to give him a seven, but I'm going to add one point because I really do think Atlanta was nice when I went to visit. <laughs> so I will, I will give it eight as well. All right. Uh, oh, man, I feel bad because I'm going to give him a six. Oh. Ooh. Everybody sent uh, nasty because, emails yes, to Colin. Yes, absolutely. He, he <clears throat> appointed ten judges to the bench, but it was a really weak bench. So that's 22 out of 30 points on judicial review. Let's move on to executive orders. You mean legislative agenda. Fine. Legislative agenda. All right, so his relationship with Congress, uh, he instigated the State of the Union where he walks or he gets invited in, and he goes in and he tells them what's going on, um, in his opinion, what he thinks is important to hear about. Um, he negotiated the Residence Act, uh, or sorry, his, again, it's maybe not him personally, but the, his people, yes, his, his rule. Yeah. His, the president is the one who gets yeah. credit. The president is the one who signs that kind of thing, Residence right? Act, this established where Washington, D.C. is. It also established... Uh, that credit is now federalized, established a federal bank, uh, established departments. This is all congressional work uh, work done, but it's under his uh, rule, and he signed the acts. Uh, the whiskey tax is something that maybe he handles it well, so that goes kind of goes into the executive. But did it have to be handled that way in Congress? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have uh, it, uh, uh, one that we, uh, I don't think we'll uh, be too happy about. It, the Fugitive Slave Act was passed, uh-huh. allowing uh, people to uh, – owners of slaves to pursue fugitive slaves. Uh, but also was passed the Slave Trade Act, which made it illegal to trade slaves overseas, hmm. which was step one, which we'll see over the next 100 or so years, <laughs> of, of it becoming illegal in general. So uh, there's 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 a mix of things to look at. Uh, so Jamie, well, just it sounds like he did a lot. Obviously, as the first president, you're setting a lot of precedent. I know we've made that joke, but I didn't get haven't been able to make yeah, it yet. So term. there's my opportunity, and I took it. Uh, I'm going to give him a nine out of ten. Nine from Jamie. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm always hung up on slavery because it was the currency of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it. Constitutionally, it, it was enshrined. It, it, part of the reason George Washington was chosen to command the army was he was a Virginian, and you don't tick off Mama Virginia. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go for an eight again, because eight again. again, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go for a nine because uh, just because I don't I don't know if I'm going to I always want to give room to grow. You know what? I'm, I don't want to give a 10. There's no such thing as the 100th percentile. So. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm going to give him a 9 because I'm not going to give him a 10. That's <clears throat> And that's 26 out of 30 for legislative agenda. Next, we're on to executive order. All right. Wah, 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 wah. All right, so his, his role is the executive. Uh, we got to talk about uh, the Whiskey Rebellion. He's the only president to actually uh, lead troops. He did it for like a day and then appointed somebody else. But he still goes down in history books as the only person to actually do that. Hmm. Uh, only president. Um, I did uh, not know that. He took on the name. He intentionally took on the name Mr. President. Uh, he was uh, described as first in the – who was that? Lord 
Byron, I've got it in my notes somewhere. Uh, he was cons- uh, called the first in the hearts of his countrymen. He established the cabinet. He did his best to remain neutral when the parties were starting to form. Um, well, yeah, I loved it where he's like, don't form political parties, but Federalists are really cool. <laughs> and he's like, well, I imagine him, him saying that while looking at the two, the two leaders yeah, of the parties just, in the eye. Don't form political parties. He's just staring at Jefferson. <laughs> don't. Jefferson, <laughs> Jefferson's like turning around, <laughs> one foot out the door. <laughs> like. <laughs> don't. <laughs> just don't. Um, his resignation, I think, is an amazing statement of what executive means in this country. Um, but also, he owned slaves. Yeah. He did set him free after his death. And he's the only founding father oh, to do that. Oh, he died, so he had to give his slaves away. Is that essentially well, what you're well, saying? Well, I mean, it's better than what some other founding fathers, which they use them to pay debts. That's fair. Yeah, you know, he just set them hey, free. But was, I mean, I you know, what, what was that Monroe? Poor. When we get to Monroe, no, he's going to have some real love. That was our, that was our, our dear wow. friend Jefferson. Sad, oh, yeah. sad trombone. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, slavery—that's that's yeah, that's not not good. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to apologize. He's, he's, he's representing as an executive, you know, enslaves. Sorry, I'm not going to say contextually, therefore, it's fine and be an apologist to it. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, still, Jamie. yeah, Jamie, you go first on that. Sorry. Yeah, so he did a lot. Uh, slavery is kind of the the anchor to this score for me, uh, for him. Uh, so I'm going to go with a six. Wow. All right. Major penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go the opposite direction. Um Slavery is bad. As an executive, he signed legislation to end the overseas slave trade. Yeah. He was trying to hold together a very fragile union of. Uh, and we we see how fragile we. Uh, hopefully, everyone who's listening uh, knows how fragile it becomes over this issue. We have the country splits in half, and he was afraid of that. Yeah, um, he was. He ended up being right. And it's imperfect, but it's like, are we going off personality? Or are we yeah. saying it's an ethical charge? Oh, I'm, I'm going to give him a perfect ten. Wow. All right, so uh, the way the way I start, Jamie's skepticism. I I, I I count up from zero, and so he, he, when I added up, you know, he got plus three for this, plus two for this, and when I added it up, uh, even with the negative points for being a slave owner, he had fifteen points out <laughs> <laughs> of ten. Um, and so I'm gonna give him a a, a solid nine because I, you know, All right. ten, and that's twenty five points for executive orders. His score right now is seventy three, which is Pretty good out of 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to military experience. For military, what we have decided is as long, uh, for each year the person serves as a general in the U.S. Army, we are going to give him four points. He's going to get a ton of points for this uh, because he served as commander-in-chief of the Continental Army from uh, 1775 to 1783, plus some months, actually being actually ends up being eight and a half years. Okay, 8.5. And then he serves as senior officer of the Army from 1898 to 1899, again, plus the months, and oh, ends his, up being one... What? His last year, they were just like, you're an old man and you can be a general if you want yeah. to. That's sweet. Uh, that, he does that for a year and a half. That ends up being 10 years. Okay. Um, we put that into the calculator. And I just, a little factoid just to add to the, to the legend, he was then 200 years later in 1976... Promoted from a five-star general, which is the commander of uh, commander in chief of the army, uh, or, or, a commander in chief position, to a six-star general, quote unquote, six-star general, so that no one out can outrank or equal the rank of George Washington. So that means for the last forty-one years. years. <laughs> oh, after that, yeah, he's been a six-star. 
or Supreme um, Commander. I can't remember. So every year, his score is going to go up. Every year. Oh man, he'll never get off. <laughs> uh, that's, are we cool with no. calling it ten years? We're going to come. Yeah. I think we're cool yeah. with calling it ten years. Uh, that brings his score with the addition of forty points to a hundred and thirteen. Finally, he served two full terms. 96 months. 96 months. And we recognize, based on inauguration date shifting, we're calling two terms 96. 96 months uh, gives a score of 30, which we will be calling the Washingtonian ideal. Sorry, William Henry Harrison. George Washington's final score is 143 points. Excellent. So, yes, George Washington, uh, his final score of 143 points puts him... In first place, <gasps> because he's the only one so far. But is he on Mount Rushmore? So currently he is oh, on good. Mount Rushmore. Oh, the question, though, moving forward is, will he maintain his place? Mm. Only time will tell. We want to hear from you if you agree or disagree that George Washington belongs on our uh, Mountain of Madness. Please send us an email at peoplevspotus at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at peoplevspotus. Or you can go to our website, peoplevspotus.com. Our show today was produced by Jed Cruz. Uh, not the senator. I said Jed. Oh, okay. Our theme song is Government Housing. You're going to hear it in just a few minutes. It is by the Underscore Orchestra. And next time, it's the People versus John Adams. And until then, I'm Colin McCraney. I'm Arthur Stewart. And I'm Jamie Plunkett. Vote early, vote often. Government housing for me.